Hi there, this is Jerry Wan, producer of MB Asians. And before we get to our episode three with Jacob and Jay, wanted to share a quick message with you about the 2020 census. What is a census? The census is the American way that we count who lives in the United States at any given time every 10 years. So on 2020, uh, we get to count who's living in the States. You can fill out the census by going to 2020census.gov and it will ask you how many people in your household lived here on April 1st. So even if you're not a permanent resident or a citizen of the United States, most of our audience might be international students living here. But if you lived here in the United States on April 1st, you are eligible to fill out the census. Again, go to 2020census.gov and please fill it out. The deadline is coming up and this only happens every 10 years. So we want to make sure that you get it in before it is too late. And want to say thank you for listening to MB Asians. It's been a lot of fun to produce the show along with Jay and Jacob. And I thank you for continuing to listen and please share this out with a friend or two. Again, head over to 2020census.gov and thank you for allowing us uh, to share this message with you. MB Asians is a part of Asian Podcast Network, an official partner of the 2020 Census. And we are participating in this 2020 Census Asian Week of Action. Thanks again. Now here are Jacob and Jay. Welcome to the MBA Agents Podcast. Are you curious about MBA student life in the U.S.? Do you worry about how to navigate your MBA life? If so, you're at the right place. MBA Agents is here to empower you to overcome different challenges by sharing tips and recommendations from many other Asian MBA students. We want you to be prepared for the crazy MBA world. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hey guys, welcome to MB Asians. I'm Jacob Yu. And I'm Jay Park. Thank you for tuning in today. We actually prepared a very interesting topic that we wanted to introduce to you. And this is actually Jay's idea. And it's something that everybody will do every day. So I will pass to Jay and let him introduce you today's topic. So today's topic is about toilet. You may think, is there a specific culture in toilet? What is that culture? But I'm not sure, I'm also not sure this is, I can say this is culture or not, but this is more about design of the toilet in the United States. That is, it's about gap of the toilet room. What I mean is the bottom gap in the door and the side gaps are really big. What I mean door here is not a, toilet as a bathroom or washroom, but a toilet as the, as the place where you sit on and doing your job. So when you sit on the toilet, actually you can see outside through the gaps, which is really interesting because in Korea, based on my experience, normally the door covers every area, so I cannot see outside. But in the United States, the toilet gaps, the door gaps are really big. So you can see outside and outside people also can see you, which is a little bit embarrassing sometimes. So Jacob, do you have any specific fun um, experience about this one? Yes. Um, but before I, you know, talking about my story, I wanted just to uh, make sure that people understand when we say toilet is mean in public. So, you know, place like school, um, those public toilets um, that's somehow have this kind of weird design. And then I know you mentioned about the gap. I guess maybe we can get our audience a little background about like um, how big the gap it is. So I would say it's about um, 40 to 50 um, centimeter. Is that about the right number? I think so. You mean 50, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So basically you can, if you're, if, if you're outside of the, the, the toilet, um, you can see what people wear, like what do they wear, whether they wear pants or jeans, because you can pretty much see everything. And <laughs> I, know, I know, that is so weird. Um, so one, one time, 
well, I was, you know, sitting on the toilet um, when I, you know, doing my business. And I accidentally um, saw somebody is looking at me <laughs> through the gap. And that was Are so you weird. Sure? Yes. Really? And I, I, know, I know the person wasn't doing this on purpose, but it's just because, you know, they're trying to look into like whether, you know, the, the, the room is occupied. And because of that gap, it's so big. It's, it's huge. Like you can, I don't know, you can stick your finger into that gap, I think. So it's accidentally you saw someone is looking at you and you're like, you know, you're like eye contact. And that was oh, a oh really God. weird moment. Yeah. How, how what, was what your feeling you? at that moment? I, I don't know. I, I feel really, um, I don't know. My, my feelings really complicate. Um, <laughs> I feel like, should I, should I, you know, try to make it faster because, you know, somebody's waiting. And, and I also feel like, um, I don't know, just embarrassed, I feel like. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any fun story? I have a lot of fun stories, but <laughs> let me introduce just one. So one day... Like you, I also do what do my business sitting on the toilet, mm-hmm. and I feel so embarrassed. Like ima- when I imagine that people outside of the, my toilet room can see me, so I cannot wipe out my butt in that situation in the in that environment. Yeah. So I, I I waited for like a moment that there is a, no one in the toilet area. And actually that that like that moment came. So that's the time I can handle my the things and came out from the toilet room, which is a little bit funny because yeah, I know like there's a no person who intentionally see me through the gap. But just I can imagine because this is my first time like having this kind of experience. So I was a little bit <laughs> It's really fun. And when I'm asking my American friends, do you know why the American toilet has this kind of big gaps? Most of them says, I have no idea. Like they also feel some, sometimes uncomfortable or sometimes funny about this one. I so, know. Do you know why, why like United States has this kind of toilet gap? Like what is the purpose of this gap? I'm not sure if there is a right answer. Um, I think that could be, you know, many other reasons that they make the door so small. Um, I don't know. My guess is maybe they're trying to reduce the cost. You know, like as MBA students, everything is about cost reductions. So I guess right. that may be one of the reasons. Um, oh. I guess there might, might be more. And then I, I want to say like, you know, like study MBA is very stressful. And, you know, now even, you know, you, t- using the restaurant is going to also make you stressful. I don't know, like... You just need a time to get used to it. But um, so, so do you do you know any other reasons that why they're making the door a, a very small or you know with a, such a big gap? One one theory that I heard is like if there's a big gaps in toilet room, people are likely to avoid some undesirable behavior in that room. I'm not sure what is that undesirable behavior people is doing in toilet room. Mm-hmm. You can imagine. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe playing their phone, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah. It, it's watching like YouTube. Just watching YouTube yeah. and yeah. taking too, many, too much time there so that like other people cannot use the room. Maybe yeah. that's the undesirable behavior. It could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that 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 also could be the reason. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of other other reasons that um, I don't know whether if it's true or not. They said like if if people got stuck in the in the toilet room, mm-hmm. and then it's easier for them to escape because there's a huge oh. gap under or you know on the top. So for them, they can just easily. Um, you mean like crawl, crawling down the, through the gap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know if this is true. Uh, I mean, it's possible if you're facing some kind of difficulty or um, sometimes like that locked, broken down. One of my assumptions about this gap is it is really good for ventilation. What I mean is oh, air yeah. circulation. You know, sometimes I, I have a really like um, severe stomach ache and like some person just came out from the room 
And when I ran into the room, oh my God, I cannot breathe. <laughs> I, <laughs> because well, you know because of the smell. <laughs> I mean, you know <laughs> what? In Asian culture, people just, you know, light a match. And that would fix the issue. <laughs> I never tried it, but I heard, you know, like... I know, I, I, I know about that. But if the toilet has a big gaps, like upside, downside, and size, then like, even though some people doing something, like the smells easily gone. So I think that's really, it's really considerate. Like what I mean is like considerable um, for thinking about next person. I know. But thinking about the privacy is really weird because, well, it is what I know is like Americans will really care about their privacy. Right. But, you know, in terms of using a toilet, I don't see any privacy over there. Um, and that, that makes me think in another very, very interesting, well, I wouldn't say interesting, but probably one of my most embarrassed moments um, in my life. So one time I was sitting on the toilet, um, you know, again, doing my business. And after I finished, I tried to put on my pants. Um, so it just happened that day I wear kind of a tight jean. So mm-hmm. when I try to put on my pants, it's a little hard. So and then <laughs> I, I lean on the partition on the side. And then so I was all right, I was I was actually so my face was I was face inside, so I did not face to the door. So okay. you know, I was doing you know, I put on my pants and then you know flush, you know, when everything's ready, when I turn around, the door was wide open. <laughs> now, <laughs> And 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 luckily, there's nobody in the in the rest uh, restaurant. Uh, at least when when I realized there's nobody in the restaurant, I don't know. So, yeah, I want to give give like international student a tips or recommendation. Just be really careful about, you know, when you were, you know, put on your pants or skirts. Don't ever lean on the partition because that structure was really. Um, it's not strong. So like when you lean on, you put the weight on it and then the, the, they bend the door a little bit. And then, you know, like the, the public restaurant, the, the lock, the lock is very... It's not, like, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it's very simple. It's, it's like a piece of metal and then you just right. kind of um, stick in some kind of hole and make the door, you know, locked. And then because I put my weights on the door, so that bend the door and then that lock just automatically... Um, unlocked, and then the door just opened, and that is most—I would say—most embarrassed moment, probably in my life. I think this is a good time to stop our fun and dirty conversation because there are unlimited stories about yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I have a lot of interesting things regarding like the 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 gap. Um, but yeah, maybe next time I'll, we can share more. Of course. Today we are going to talk about MBA orientation. So it's going to be the first time that you met with other classmates from all over the world. And many of you are probably feeling excited about meeting with new friends and starting the new chapter in your life. But at the same time, nervous. And that's totally fine. And that's why we are inviting a guest to share his experience when he's doing the orientation, so that you can be expected on what would happen during that time frame. And more importantly, to give you some tips on how to get off a good start of your MBA life. Let's welcome Hiroki Mochisuki, a rising MBA2 student from UT Austin McCombs. Hi, Hiroki. Hi, Jacob. Thank you for inviting me here. How's it going? Oh, that's very good. Uh, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Like, so before talking about the orientation, we want to listen to your background first. So could you share where you're from and like, what did you do before coming to the UT Austin Mekong? Thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm Hiroki. Um, I'm coming from Japan. And before the MBA, I was working for telecommunication company in Japan. And uh, I'm still working because I'm sponsored student. And uh, before talking about what I did, uh, let me talk about a little bit my background. I, uh, I really like startups and I like to launch something new. So when I was at college, 
I launched several businesses with my classmates. Although those didn't do very well, I learned a lot. So after the graduation, I decided to work for the company, which doing some difficult things, social issue like that. So uh, I decided to work for the telecom company, which is large and which tackling with social problems. And in there, my responsibility has been to create new services and uh, accelerate the affiliation with startups. So one of the accomplishments I did there is that launching patented, patented IoT service, which received order from local government. I scratched this service from zero. Yeah, I like your story. You try to do something new, and I think that's the that's related to MBA. What MBA pursues? So, can we talk about a little bit more why you pursue MBA and why you went to the UT Austin Macom? Oh, that's also a very good question. Um, as I mentioned, I launched a service, but uh, we got a problem. I mean. Uh, in order to expand our business first, we plan to acquire a small technology venture company, but uh, we failed. I mean, we failed the deal because of lack of financial knowledge and global experience. I negotiated with the CEO of the company. Yeah, of course, he's a whole foreigner. I, I, at, the time, at the time, I was very nervous, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, we didn't do very well. So this is the reason I would like to get MBA um, because MBA provide us to both of them, you know, not only the financial knowledge as well as uh, global experience. So that is the reason why I pursue my MBA. And uh, the reason why I pick up Macombs is that uh, uh, two reasons, mainly. Uh, first of all, the place, Austin. Some of you may know Austin is a very, very innovative place. Uh, Austin is famous for startup, startup culture, and the big event, South, like South by Southwest. So, uh, you know, South by Southwest is that where I did short internship in my MBA, that, that was also a very good story. Yeah, I will tell, talk about it a little bit after. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And uh, so um, this uh, Austin, this is, a, this is the first reason why I pick up the Macombs. The second reason, speaking of Macombs, there are a lot of hands-on projects there. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, South by Southwest project, which is included MBA Plus. Uh, MBA project, MBA Plus project, is a good opportunity to dive into the real business environment. Also, uh, UT has an entrepreneurship mind. I mean, the oldest business pitch competition was born in UT, Mootcamp, Mootcorp, maybe you know. And uh, I like the slogan, you know, what starts here, change the world. So this is the reason why I pick up Macomb. Yeah, that's amazing because um, I actually also applied um, Macombs as well. And the reason is very, um, well, to me, because I'm looking for jobs at tech, tech industry. And then Austin is the place that a lot of big tech company has their own campus there. Um, so they have like the location is great. And I heard like the food, the cultural um, is also very good. So yeah, definitely Macomb is a really great school. So um, I wanted to starting um, the conversation by asking each of you a one specific question, which is, do you still remember the feeling that right after you finished the first date, um, first day of the orientation? Because for me, um, well, I can start, I guess. For me, I feel overwhelmed. Because even if it's just first day, there's a lot of thing, a lot of a lot of thing, and then I I have been talking the whole day, um, you know, a lot of small talk, uh, meeting new friends, and I literally went back to my home and I fell fell asleep. <laughs> so that that's my feeling. So w- what about yours? 
for me, yeah, I still remember the first day of my orientation finished. Yeah, it's same. I'm also, I was also be overwhelmed because um, before the orientation, I took the class ESL, English as a second language class. So it's a kind of a language class for foreigners. So uh, I, at that, at that class, I made some friends, international friends, Asians, Brazilian people, you know. But uh, uh, first day orientation, I noticed that the English we talk in the ESL is totally different, you know, that in the, you know, U.S. schools, it's so different. Maybe people in Texas, a little bit, <laughs> Texas and te- accent, accent English, maybe, but uh, the English is totally different. So that is one reason I'm too, too, totally overwhelmed. I, I, I thought that I can understand what others said, but uh, you know, when I go to the school and when I first I listen to my other classmates talking, actually, I can't understand anything at that point. So I was really, really, really overwhelmed, also discouraged, you know. Yeah. You know, can, can I survive the hardship in MBA? <laughs> uh, can I recognize your English in the runtime or in the, you know, class lecture? I'm really concerned about that. At that point, at that point, yeah. I totally agree with you guys. I think there is a no word to describe my situation. Like, exhausted, overwhelmed. Like, Ross, in case of Michigan Ross, we have two different orientations. The first orientation is orientation for international students. And the second one is orientation for entire class. And during the uh, international students orientation, I felt, I still felt a little bit overwhelmed, but I, I thought about, oh, I can handle it. Like I can do that. But when the Americans coming to the school and we having a real orientation, oh my God, oh my God, it's, it's totally different from what I, what I had during the international, uh, student orientation. And also I, me and Jacob, we took the EBS, which is the a little bit same thing with yours, like ESL. It is it is a uh, English for business school students. So like all the, can I say quality, like the quality or contents of the conversation was totally different from what I had from my international students when I faced with the American students. So I was a little bit shocked, but... Ah, this is what we pursue. Like the MBA thing is no one, no one said you have to go to MBA. So we decided to go to MBA. So I try to adapt myself into new environment. By the way, like we have a two kinds of orientation, like international orientation and entire class orientation. What about in Mekong? Like, do you also have the same structure or just one orientation? Well, um, we have, in August, we had a two-week orientation. I think nine to five, Monday to Thursday, I think. And uh, basically, the orientation is only one. I mean, uh, the general orientation is held, was held this period. But the international students, we have the additional orientation on Friday. Other students uh, take a less, can take a less, but we have to go to school <laughs> like that. So yeah, this is the structure of the Macomb orientation. Then what kind of activities did you do like okay. for your general general mm-hmm. orientation? And I'm also curious about your Friday International Students Orientation Day. What did you do? Okay, cool. Um, I think mainly we can divide the orientation activity of two parts. Uh, first part is a kind of a guidance, information. And the second part is a kind of a build a community, interaction with each other or with uh, students, uh, with uh, admissions and uh, staff in the school. Um, I'll a uh, little bit dig in the both of that. So uh, speaking of guidance, information, um, we can explore how to spend two years at the Macomb's MBA, academic perspective, 
we can learn how to graduate properly and uh, what kind of activity we can engage, say, um, how much credit are required to get, what kind of activities such as internship, global travel is required, how to register the class like that. So, and uh, we can also know about the extracurricular activity, like uh, what kind of clubs we have, uh, how are they operating, and more importantly, career, internship, two-year students, organized students, uh, uh, or graduate, uh, two-year, two-year students, second-year students, or graduate students came and uh, did panel discussions and, uh, you know, schools prepare for special session for sponsors, students, and international students like that. In this kind of session, we learned the unique business culture in the U.S. and the recruiting system in the U.S. for the uh, international students. You know, this is also important. We, we, we don't have any idea about how the recruiting structure in the U.S. So, I'm sorry, this is a kind of a we did in, on Friday. Uh, yeah. And uh, the second one, I said that uh, it's a building the community interaction part. Um, the before coming uh, orientation, you know, in Macombs, a uh, fresh student has been divided into four groups. We call it cohort. And uh, in the orientation, furthermore, students in the same cohort, students were divided into study team which consists of four American students and one international student. There are a lot of opportunity of group work with cohort mate and study teammate in orientation. And uh, through these interactions, we could make friends uh, other than international students. There are several welcome parties they held. Yeah. And we can bring families there and meet the uh, classmate family, this is also a good opportunity for us to, you know, make friends. Yeah, I think um, in general, I think the structure will be similar. But that's really interesting because you're talking about um, besides the cohort, which, well, in Ross, we call section, you also have study chain. That's something that, uh, that actually has first time um, here that could you could you talk more about um, the purpose of having the study chain? Well, I think the study team purpose, making the study team purpose is that, uh, you know, uh, for international students, uh, it, it's kind of a for international students, first of all, because, you know, it's only five people. It is very, it's a little bit easier for us to dive into the conversation. And, uh, you know, you feel sometimes difficult to dive into the conversation, uh, which is held in the class. It is a very difficult. 40 people talking. How can I dive into this conversation? People feel that my English is not so perfect. <laughs> but uh, only for Americans' conversation, it's not the difficult part. And that they uh, take care of the international students. This is the second important point. I mean, as I mentioned, uh, study team is for international students, but also the school says it's for the Americans. It's for the, even for the American, it is very good opportunity to understand how the foreigners feel, how the, you know, what kind of a minority people, minority people feel like, uh, uh, how to dive into the, you know, culture. So, uh, this is a very good learning for both of us. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I, I agree that, um, it's kind of go both way, right? Cause we are trying to learn about American cultural. And actually, I know the fact that a lot of Americans also learn how to um, how to engage with um, people from different backgrounds. And then I know actually a lot, well, not a lot, but like many Americans, they um, spend most most of their life um, staying in the U.S. So, so it's also a great opportunity for them to learn different culture. And um, and then I just come up with something that I wanted to um, talk about is uh, the one thing that we learned during the orientation, which is uh, micro uh, microaggression. And I think that's a, a relative, like the new terms I heard. So I never heard it microaggression before this kind of um, the, um, the terms. And then um, it basically means like for people sometimes unintentionally to insult other people based on some kind of stereotype. So it can be like different racial 
um, or gender, sexual orientation, or even like religious um, and behavior. So that's the word that I learned. And then I found that really interesting because um, I actually made some mistake when the school starts, um, which is really funny because um, that was happens to me and Jay, actually. So the, fir- the very first date um, of um, our e- EBS class, um, like he mentioned, that we, we met each other in the elevator. And out of nowhere, I don't know what, 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 what I was thinking. I, I just started talking Mandarin with him. And asking like, hey, uh, you're also here to to you know to participate in the the the, the EBS class, and then he was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I, and I, he don't understand um, the, the single word I said because obviously he's a Korean, and that's a mistake that I learned through the um, through the through the um, action through the orientation. I feel like I I need to be more intentional about. Um, learning other people's culture and then not to have sort of like stereotype. So, yeah, I think that that's that's really helpful for me. Maybe um, it's it's my fault. I should be look like more Korean. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, <laughs> but anyway, if you put that, that makes me feel better. Uh, so, I guess, I guess. Um, like like Yorgi, you mentioned, there's so many activities. Um, is there any particular or specific one that you find is most helpful for you? Well, every class is very helpful, but especially I am very amazed the session uh, for the team contract class. It sounds weird, but is it popular? I don't know, but. Uh, um, as I mentioned, I we built a study group team consists of five people. At this class, we learned how our way of thinking were different from each other. So this is a cross contract session. This is we did uh, at the beginning of the cross uh, study team group session. It's very helpful because you know the difference was beyond our expectations. So. Uh, in this section, we try to make our our team contract. So, for example, you know, uh, when you are right the uh, meeting, you pay the you know beer or something like that. <laughs> it's a very simple one, but it's very good. I mean, we we end up realizing the importance to set team contracts. You know, you know, um, whatever we set our rules. So we got the consensus about the ex- 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 sorry, expectations. So Japanese society tend to be a homogenous society. So we don't have to set the rules directly. We kind of agree with some rule silently, but in the US, everybody is so different. Somebody coming from other country, other culture, even if in the same US, somebody uh, has a other race uh, is a other ra- uh, race, so this kind of factor uh, affect their kind of a way of thinking sometimes the culture itself. So yeah, setting rule and expectation is more important in the US because the US society is so diverse. So we learn it and uh, we set our expectation and we you know visualize our expectation in the paper. It is so helpful for us to, you know, keep working with. I think that's really interesting and amazing experience. I also feel that, like, this is my personal opinion, but Japan society and Korea society is really similar in terms of culturally. Like, there are, we are sharing a lot of things and which cannot be applied in other cultural backgrounds which is amazing but so by the way so what then what about the most difficult thing during the orientation like you talk about the most helpful thing but is there any difficulties you face during the orientation period okay uh one of the uh the the most difficult things for me in the orientation it's same english yeah english but uh in this part i didn't 
uh, say it's only English, but also it's a cultural difference, I think. I mean, uh, honestly, I was so upset because I couldn't understand what classmates responded, although I was able to recognize to his English. Some phrase I am not so familiar with, and uh, I didn't know the word has another meaning like that. And sometimes you are very surprised, you know, uh, uh, it's sick. People sometimes say sick, it means very good. So this kind of, you know, slang, it's not a slang, but it's a kind of a slang. This slang confused me and I sometimes lost the, you know, uh, pilot of the uh, conversation. So this is a kind of a, a difficult part for, for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that goes to everybody, every international student. Yeah. English is also probably the biggest um, barriers for me. Um, not just, like you said, not just, you know, understanding people, understanding the word, but also like there's so many different uh, meanings or, you know, with with the same words, or even like there's a, that the idioms are also really hard. So, yeah. Do you sure. have some experience, you know, like uh, in the class, in the session, everybody like laughed at some professor's joke, but uh, international <laughs> students cannot understand oh, yeah, yeah, the meaning yeah. because of the, you know, lack of the culture knowledge or lack of the TV program. <laughs> we don't know the TV program, something like that. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I, I just stood there and then looks, um, I don't know how to react <laughs> to some 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 joke because I don't understand, and I know that sometimes frustration is frustrated. Um, but but what I do, I think it's really helpful. Is I tend to, um, you know, after after the conversation, I, I tend I would actually reach out to the classmates and then ask them about like what's the joke about, why it's so funny, um, to give you yeah. a, a a very like. A specific example. Um, I think one time, well, maybe it's not a joke, but I think one time, like when one student talking about where is she coming from, so she said, like, "Oh, I was, um, I came from um, um, Nashville," and then other students start laughing, and then, um, well, start saying like, "Hey, I know the place," and then they have like a common ideas about that specific place, which I don't. I don't have that knowledge. And then I was asking about like why why people everybody knows that place. And then she explained to me it's like so you know all the bachelor party for men's they were held in uh, Las Vegas, and then for women they actually do um, the bachelor party in Nashville, which because lack of that context you're you're really hard to kind of blend into that conversation. So I, I but I think that takes time. And then once you know you learn things, then it's more easier for you to be able to um, be more engaged with others, um, especially like domestic students. So um, I guess you, I guess we wanted we also wanted to know like, um, what is the most me- memorable thing that happens to you during the orientation? Because to me, there's a specific event called Business Impact Challenge. And it's kind of like consulting um, experience um, in the very in the second day of our orientation, and that was a really great experience to me. So even now, I still feel like I learned a lot through that specific event. Um, so, so what is your memorable thing that happens? Most memorable things I got is that it happened in the financial class. But it's a kind of orientation, an orientational programs, uh, pro- programs. Um, so I found that uh, classmate has a lot of diversity. So uh, I a little bit, ex- I will a little bit explain about that. So uh, the financial professor explains some concept and the one question asked. Uh, so, uh, for example, Amazon. Speaking about Amazon. Uh, where the tax law, tax, the, where which state of the tax law does Amazon obey? The, the student asks. The professor has answered that uh, the branch or something like that, but he is a little bit um, 
he's a financial professor, so he's not so much knowledge about the tax point. But, uh, you know, one of the classmates, uh, she's an accountant, she answered the question, you know, uh, I don't remember exactly, I'm sorry, but uh, she answered the question uh, uh, because she had a CPA, the CP, CPA, yeah. So I feel this is a very amazing part of the, uh, of the MBA. Everybody has a lot of experience, diverse experience. So, you know, um, you know, such diverse student is very difficult. Gathering such diverse students is very difficult in usual situation. We have a lawyer, doctor, teacher, accountant, engineer, and Olympic athlete. <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, UTMBA, the ratio of the international student is a little bit smaller than that of other business school. But, uh, yeah, here we have enough other type of diversity. So I'm very excited. I was very excited to, uh, you know, the diversity. So the collective knowledge, the diversity has. So this is my most memorable experience in my MBA. It happened, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Like in, based on my experience during the first year MBA life, I've never had this kind of environment. What I mean is when I was in Korea, like I always talk with my friends who has a similar job with me and when I have a conversation with my cohorts in my company, like we always talk about the same thing. We talk about international trading, some solar panels, what I handled, but like there is a no more conversation about other parts like law or it could be some other business part. But here, like I can, I can listen to many other industries story like consulting or engineer, there are so many friends who has a different background. So I think this is really amazing to hear their stories and I can broaden my view, how I can see the world and how I can understand the other industries, which is really great. So I think we have a lot of conversation about orientation, which is one year ago. I cannot remember everything about that. I want to ask another thing. So like, you met a lot of your friends in Macomb. Maybe it includes your e ELS. Is it right? ELS? ELS or orientation? ESL. Oh, I'm sorry. ESL. So, like, can you remember the moment when you meet your friends at the beginning of the ESL? How was it? Like, how do you start the conversation with your friends at that moment? Oh yeah, that was very. That is very good question. Yeah, um, I still remember the day, uh, the first day of the ESL class. So we had the uh, uh, Asian students and the Brazil students, yeah, Korean, Chinese, Taiwan, Taiwanese, Japanese, Brazil, um, yeah, like that. So yeah, almost. 10, not eight people there. Uh, we are waiting for the guidance in the room and we keep silence. We seem to be very nervous, you know. <laughs> it's our first time to, you know, uh, the class, ESL, we are waiting for that. And uh, we did a brief introduction. Um, yeah, some uh, Chinese women, she is a lawyer and uh, as a Taiwanese guy, as an accountant, yeah, everybody is so amazing experience, amazing, you know, record. So at that point, I break out the sirens, <laughs> actually. I try to, you know, stand out, stand out myself, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I just uh, talk to them, you know. Oh, I'm very nervous. I'm a little bit nervous that now, but I'm very excited, you know, uh, beginning the journey of MBA and the ESL. We are very excited. And that. Uh, I'm very amazed that you guys have very wonderful experience. I want to talk. I want to talk here more and I want to listen more. Your story. I'm very interested in your story. This is, a, you know, what I did at the beginning of the conversation. I'm really interested in their story. Also, they, I think uh, they would like to, you know, show their, you know, story. People like to talking, <laughs> I think. You know, so this is the same here. <laughs> okay. So yeah, this is my first experience.
Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, like you said, a lot people like to talk about themselves. So always it's the good idea to ask him about their story and then to make them talk. And while they're talking, you know, you can, um, while learning about the person, but also, you know, think about what you're going to say to fill the gap. And so, yeah, I think, and then be really proactive. Because um, a lot of time, if you don't do that, um, people were just, um, I guess, people were just talking to others. Because, um, you know, it's, it, it goes both ways. If you, you're not being proactive, sometimes people were ignoring you, uh, especially in, in, in certain situations. And yeah, so I, I really admire you have the courage and then, you know, did that um, starting the conversation in a very good way. Um, whereas I did, which I mentioned earlier, my first conversation for my MBA is talking to my friend Jay here by using the Mandarin, <laughs> which is very embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so we're talking about a lot of like official event, which was held by the school. And actually, there's a lot of unofficial event happens during the orientation. You know, a lot of like happy hours after orientation or like section events or even like club meetup. And did you did you participate in any of those kind of events? And, and, and how was it? Yeah, that's also a cool part of the MBA. I participated a lot of events. Although I have family, <laughs> I ask my wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the club event and uh, some part of uh, extracurricular drinking party I joined. But uh, uh, one good experience happened in the cohort party. We call it cohort party. I think you guys have the section section party, maybe you call it. So cohort, we I am the cohort one. So the cohort one party. So cohort members to gather, gather one place and we are drinking up. So this was the event I uh, joined. Uh, so I think it's typical. Each cohort plan a party, voluntary. Almost half of the cohort people joined the party. Yeah. Um, before I went to the party, I feel very, you know, kind of nervous because, you know, as you understand, but the... Drinking party is one of the difficult time for the international students. <laughs> I think we are not so, uh, actually, uh, we get used to, you know, in the class because the professors uh, speak uh, carefully in order to under- make us understand. So it's not so difficult, but, but the casual party, like drinking party, it's a nightmare for the international students. It's very noisy environment and the people... You know, people talking grammatically totally wrong. <laughs> they don't use subjects. They don't use, you know, <laughs> verbs. You know, yeah. if I, I am the, you know, <laughs> in the GMAT, it's terrible score, I think. Yeah, when you're <laughs> drunk. It's yeah. very hard to understand. It's very hard to understand. So that's why I hesitate to join. But uh, yeah, but I push my back myself and go there. And that was very amazing because I made one of my best friends at the party. During the class, he always said, you know, he's an entrepreneur and uh, he's doing some business. I'm really interested in, you know, launching business, as I mentioned. So entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship thing. So during the party, I talked to him, you know, tell, tell me more about you. You sometimes talk about your business. I want to know more about your business, how to, you know, launch your business and, uh, you know, how it operate you you're the student now so are you you know how do you you know money the business while you're a student like that i have a lot of questions so yeah we discuss a lot a topic for almost three hours <laughs> but uh, yeah that was very very amazing experience yeah his business which is successful is not only so cool but also very sustainable i'm very amazed at how he do the business and uh, he had experience working for investment banking before that. And uh, he knows a lot about VC and he joined the VC, uh, VC club in Macombs. So uh, still now uh, I'm interacting him uh, periodically. It, it's very good for me, you know, to learn a lot. And also uh, we meet with families. I mean, he, also, he has 
wife. He has wife. So we invited him to, you know, dinner in my house. And he also invited me to his house. And, uh, you know, it's so good uh, experience. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I learned a lot of him and we are so close. So I think it's one of the purpose in the NBA, you know, making uh, close foreign, foreign friends. It's very good. Yeah, or especially when we have the common topic we share. So it's also very good for me. I think you have a great social skills. Like you invite your friends to your home and you can start conversation with your, many of your international or American friends and pushing yourself go to some casual drinking party, even though we are not confident about our English abilities. So you mentioned that like if you have a common interest, it's easy to start talk. But as you may know, MBA environment, there are many diverse friends that are coming to the MBA school. So there's a someone who don't have the common interest with you. So in that case, how you start your conversation? What I mean is what kind of ice breaking skills or tips you can give to our audience? Well, I think I am. Um, I have very strong curiosity. This helps me to do very well. I mean, not very well. I don't know, but I think <laughs> um, my job, as I mentioned, is uh, creating new services, creating new business. This, what is the resource of this uh, role? I think it's a curiosity. It's only that. So, um, yeah, sometimes I'm very. I was very interested in agriculture. I I tried to learn that and I, you know, observe a lot of farmers like that. So this kind of experience uh, helped me to help me to, you know, get curiosity of all the things. And I think we can find some common part, even if it's a little bit unfamiliar to you. For example, um, if you are working some, for example, um, well, it's very difficult, but uh, chemicals, chemical study, it's, it's not, it, it sounds totally unfamiliar to you, but uh, uh, you can ask some uh, common words. For example, um, when I launched a business, uh, we're, our current trend is a kind of a lean startups. We do a, a lot of things lean. How do you, uh, use this strategy in your study when you study the chemical things, uh, when you write a thesis, is it, a, you know, applicable or it's totally different? So maybe he used, utilized this, he, so uh, the, uh, the other side, he is also interested in this uh, topic. He, you know, catch up your topic and uh, keep discussing, but, uh, you know, it, it's a good trigger to begin the conversation, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. Um, you know, boarding yourself with a lot of different um, topics or different knowledges among, you know, different thin industry, that's really helpful uh, um, in terms of like to break ice. And also I would say like to prepare some, you know, fun fact of yourself because I don't know why people are so um, into the fun fact thing in the U.S. because... Every time we start, you know, start the introductions that people will ask, all right, let's share a fun fact. And then, you, you know, it's, you have to prepare more than one because, you know, that in a different kind of situation, you, you, you need a different kind of fun fact. So, you know, better to, better to think dirtier and be prepared. That, that would be really helpful. Um, so, yeah, so, so I think that throughout our conversation, I think, Overall, like the orientation is a very positive experience, even though there's some challenges. But again, like everything, every challenge you face will actually prepare yourself for the MBA. So is there anything that you wish the school um, could do differently, especially for international students uh, in the orientation period? Well, it sounds like kind of a ridiculous foolish things but i think we need a big nameplate with big face photo <laughs> the reason why i think so is that uh, 
it is extremely difficult for international students to remember the foreign names. But I think it's the same for the Americans. Sometimes my American friends, you know, wrong, uh, wrongly call me other Japanese students' name. He, he, he understands the difference, but uh, he cannot uh, associate with names and face. He always you know, <laughs> mistakes that, take a mistake. So these things happened uh, because uh, these things happened in the diverse culture, diverse situations. So that's why I think the school gave us the big name brave photo, and uh, you know this help us recognize and remember all of the students easily. And I think sometimes we hesitate to talk and uh, speak, uh, talk deep, speak with somebody deeply when I can't say his name. I can't, you know, come up with his name. So this is a very missing opportunity, I think. So yeah, we can compensate for that. Yeah, I think the name tag does help um, because Ross actually, um, during orientation, given every student a name tag so that you can see everybody's names um, very easily and then recognize people very easily. And that really helps. Cause, um, um, I, I do also have a hard time to memorize people's name um, and their faces, especially when it comes to foreigners. So, um, but but you know what? Actually, after the name, like after orientations, people start not start stopped wearing their, their name tag. Um, it gets hard again. Like I I I started like missing people's names um, with other people. So it takes times, but you know after. I guess few weeks or months is that you you get used to it and that, that makes it easier. So, um, is there anything that you would do differently when if you had a chance to go back to the orientation period? Oh yes. Um, oh, one of the my regrets is that I should have talked to more classmates. Yeah, as I mentioned. Um, each of the each of them has a so interesting experience, knowledge expert, and the personality. Once school begins, they get busier and uh, busier because of the recruiting, uh, club activity. So, I think the orientation period is the best timing to you know, uh, you know, because. Students are very open, more open at that point. So, you know, I would take advantage of orientation period to build wider relationships if I can back to the uh, orientation first day. And I, I will, you know, write it down his name and face. It's also important, as I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I also think about if I go back to the orientation period, I would push myself a little bit more, like joining more unofficial happy hour events to like have more opportunities to talk with my classmates so that I can get close with many friends. Because like during the semester, as you mentioned, everyone gets so busier. There's no time to talking. There's no time to drinking. I know there is a time, but it's not easy to have many chances as as many chances as during the orientation period. So it is really important. So my next question is about COVID-19 situation. So under COVID-19 situation, everything, every experience that incoming students will have would be different from ours because they don't do, they will not have a in-person orientation. They will have a they will have a just virtual um, orientation session. Like so, how if you are in their shoes, how would you deal with this situation? Like you don't have an in person orientation. Like how would you do differently? Okay, uh, if I were in their shoes, um, uh, I will utilize the situation of online. I mean. Oh, yeah, in a sense, sometimes people feel online degrades a reality, but uh, online has a good aspect. I mean, for example, uh, online virtual conversation 
is very easy to manage. I mean, uh, you know, in, in Rio, if you schedule to meet somebody, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, lot of, lot of idle time uh, between the uh, meeting time. You know, maybe you can secure 10 minutes before or after 10 minutes, something like that. But the online meeting, it is very easy to manage. So you can reserve the time, uh, you know, at, at, at just before the next schedule. And uh, people are more open to meet in online. Uh, so the hurdle is lower. So that is good part. I think, um, um, for uh, in online meeting, um, so and also this is the first part. You know we can meet the people a lot. So uh, students, incoming students, should utilize this opportunity. You can meet a lot of friends, lot of people, and you can join a lot of conversation, lot of conference. Uh, and sometimes the session and the conference is recorded. You can you know hear it after that. It is. It is very good. Sometimes the real situation, it is not recorded, but in online situation, it is recorded. It is also so good. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes, you know, uh, listen to the lecture several times. I did it. It's the same. It's very good. And also, one good thing is that uh, during the conversation online, it is a little bit easier for us to check the information of the person we are talking to in the internet. You know, you're using a LinkedIn or something like that and keep your eye to the camera. You can, you know, your second monitor searching his person, his background, something like that. It's so good. So yeah, this helps the conversation more insightful, more meaningful and uh, more memorable if you write down some, you know, uh, memo in that. So this is my tips. Yeah, those are really great points that <laughs> the um, online versus in-person. And I wish I did not thought about that before. Interesting. So um, our last question, which we ask this to all our guests, is that what is the one thing you wish you had known before starting your MBA? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, yeah, I should I should have watched more movies, more you know comedy dramas, and uh, you know more funny YouTube YouTube uh, videos. Uh, I, I found several things. You know, it's a kind of a, a, a parody, but uh, it uh, make it fun for the people who always go to Whole Foods. So these kind of people described in the movie as a organic, crazy organic people like that. So it's very funny. But uh, before I come in here, I cannot understand any sense of that. But sometimes this kind of um, example is used in lecture or something like that in the conversation. So for that, you know, you can dive, immerse yourself in the U.S. culture by using YouTube, TV dramas, commercials, uh, you know, movies, it's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, I think the TOEFL, English for TOEFL is very important. You know, international students always making a lot of effort to good score in TOEFL. It's common. It's the first step. Yeah. But uh, after that, maybe you spare some time to understand, uh, you know, culture or something like that. It's very helpful after you come to the US. Yeah. I think the, like the, academic um, English and, and like the daily life English is very different. And a lot of things you wouldn't, you wouldn't learn from, you know, TOEFL exam. Uh, but, but maybe like you said, like the YouTube would be the really good resources to learn um, more like personal or, or well, more like a um, social lifestyle English conversation. So really thank you for um for our for our, our show today and it's a lot of good stuff and then i'm sure our audience will learn um a lot of things and then help them to go through their orientation more smoothly and more successfully i think thank you so much Hiroki. thank you for inviting me i also enjoy a lot
Today's show was with Hiroki Mochizuki from UT Austin Mecoms and from Japan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. You can find us through all major podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. New episodes come out every Tuesday, US time. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on NBA Gens on Instagram and Facebook. And please share it with your friends. Stay tuned and see you next week.